You're listening to The Residential Movement, where the focus is on making in-home dental care normal instead of novel or niche. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Robinson, a house call dentist with a lot of passion for reaching patients who are best served in their home or residence. I'm here to encourage, equip, and empower dentists like you to begin offering in-home dental services for patients who cannot get to the office, while also enjoying a more balanced work life. We discuss everything from dentistry, business, ethics, mindset, and more. Listen in to learn how you can become a part of the residential movement. A few weeks ago, I arrived at the home of a longtime patient. This patient has been my patient for nearly two years, and I visit her every three months, so I know her pretty well. She's an older woman who lives alone. She's very cautious and has very cautious habits, like always making sure that her front door is closed every time I leave. So when I arrived at her house for her appointment and realized that the front door was open, I was immediately concerned. I opened the screen door and shouted through the opening, Mrs. So-and-so, but she shouted back to me, one second, Ashley. So I was relieved. I figured she was just in the bathroom or getting dressed or something. I know she doesn't move very quickly, so I decided to give her some time. But after 10 minutes, she still wasn't at the door. So I did the same thing again. I opened the screen door, shouted in to ask if everything was okay or if she needed any help. She yelled back to me, I'm coming, just a minute. So again, I waited 10 minutes. But after 20 minutes of standing on her porch, my gut was telling me that something must be wrong. I worry that she might be laying on the floor because I know she's fallen in the recent past. On the other hand, I was afraid for myself too because I didn't know who or what I would encounter if I went inside. I also knew that there was a risk she might be upset if I let myself in while she's in the middle of something. But after all of that waiting, I took my chances and let myself in. I stepped through the front hallway holding my keys between my knuckles and I saw her as soon as I turned the corner. Turns out my patient was just sitting in a chair in her front room with her walker right in front of her. I looked at her confused. I asked her what the heck is going on. Is she okay? She told me that she'd been attempting to stand up out of this chair but that her knees just wouldn't let her. This is why she never sits in these chairs. She thought she'd make it to the door and didn't realize it had been 20 minutes of her attempting to stand up. She told me that in the past hour, she had gotten her blood drawn by a visiting phlebotomist. This phlebotomist asked her to leave her usual lifting recliner and sit near the front window for some natural light. Well, after the blood draw, my patient asked the phlebotomist to help her stand up out of this chair, but the woman didn't want to help her stand for whatever reason, probably liability or something. So the visiting phlebotomist just told my patient to sit right there in her chair, and she left. And when she left, she left the front door open. My patient was embarrassed and upset. I helped her stand up. Once she was up, she was able to walk over to her recliner and sit there comfortably for our appointment. I told my patient to make sure she doesn't sit there again and to make sure that these visitors always accommodate her. She can't just get stranded in a chair in her front room for who knows how long. I really do wonder how long she would have sat there if I didn't happen to have an appointment with her that day. In the end, everything turned out fine and we had a great appointment. But while I was waiting for those 20 minutes, so many thoughts popped into my head that I want to share with you. First, this was the first time I was really concerned about safety. My patient's safety, but also my safety. What if she really had fallen? What if someone was like holding her hostage to lure me inside? This sounds ridiculous, but the thought crossed my mind. I normally feel very safe visiting my patients because I'm naturally trusting and optimistic, but also because the vast majority of my patients are referred to me by word of mouth. They already have mobile primary care or visiting nurses or something like that. Sometimes my patients are referred to me by their own dentists who realize that they haven't seen them in a while because they can't get in anymore. 
Even if a patient isn't referred to me by another provider, I know these patients spend a lot of time on the phone with my assistant beforehand. We gather a lot of background information before I show up anywhere. We find out why they're seeking in-home care, who else will be there that day, their credit card information, their address, email addresses, for medical questionnaires and consents. It's kind of a hassle just to set up an appointment with me, and that's not unintentional. So I trust that by the time I actually make it to somebody's home, these people are people who really need the service. Anyway, I realized even with a patient that I know, there are real safety concerns. So now I've been inspired to look into things like pepper spray or self-defense classes, and I'll keep you posted about all of that. Now a colleague asked me why I don't travel with an assistant and if that would help me feel more safe. Honestly, I think an assistant would only be more beneficial as a witness, not a bodyguard. When we're in dental school, our professors advise us against working alone in order to avoid abuse allegations. While I understand that, and it's a good protective measure, logistically, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me. My schedule is so irregular, and I drive to different stops during the day, the post office, the bank, or wherever else. I don't think anyone would want to drive with me all day. I mean, even driving with someone all day, that's a lot of liability right there. Plus, my procedures don't generally require the help of an assistant. At this point, an assistant is just another overhead expense that I'd rather not take on right now. Our society is so litigious, and I understand the concern, but a lot of visiting healthcare professionals visit alone. That phlebotomist, for example. Hospice nurses, visiting physical therapists. I mean, I could go on. When people are providing in-home care, normally patients get to see one provider. The majority of house call dentists I know do work alone. For a witness, at this point, I'd rather wear a body cam or something, so I've started to consider that. The good news is, in your dental house call practice, you get to do whatever works for you. You can travel with an assistant, only see patients who are referred to you by word of mouth, or do whatever makes you feel safe. Everyone is different. If you're fearful because you've experienced trauma, or you're concerned about having a constant witness because you've been falsely accused before, do whatever makes you feel comfortable. Set your own guidelines and practice within them. I just tend to be less risk-averse than most people if I feel like the risk is required for the outcome. That's what I've accepted about my house call practice. There's no other way for these people to get care, so I will go into their homes. And there's no way to know what you encounter in someone's home. That's just a risk I'm willing to take. So all in all, I think you just have to make sure you're comfortable working within the parameters that you've set for yourself and trust your gut. I understand that there are risks and we all have fears but I think it's best if we don't let them get in the way of offering services to people who really need them. Whether you decide to pursue in-home dental care or not, please consider supporting patients in need of it by contributing to the Home Smile Care Foundation at homesmilecarefoundation.org. This episode was inspired by a conversation in the Residential Movement official membership community. Visit residentialmovement.com slash official membership for more information. Thank you for tuning in today. I really appreciate you. That's a wrap on this episode of The Residential Movement. If you like what you heard today, please leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you know someone who could benefit from this information, please share this with them. All of these actions help fuel the residential movement. Visit residentialmovement.com for show notes and for access to any links referenced in this episode. Thanks again for listening, Doc. Keep up the good work.